Yes, guys, it's you should know about this podcast, a brand new one presented to you by Familiar Faces, uh, a diverse platform that's here to empower, educate and amplify by doing what feels good. My name's Jonathan. I'm Flo. And I'm Rash. And yeah, today we're just here to sort of give you some more fly on the wall conversation by people of colour. Uh, we explore multiple topics, but uh, yeah, for this episode, we're just going to be talking about sense of self, entering new environments, who's responsible for our adaptation in the workplace, and we'll also be touching on assumptions and stereotypes too. It's like 2020 purposely just, uh, it broke the ice for us, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, 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 exactly. But even like before the pandemic, when I met Jonathan first in Mother, it I don't think I noticed how much it affected me to have someone who was like me, you know, background-wise, race-wise, and how I felt working with someone of colour, because you kind of see the difference. So even before that, but that that was just so random. You know, yeah. you don't realise things, as you say, until you're in a pandemic. Mm. <laughs> and, like, shit kind of stops. You're like, damn, that was dope. Yeah. Like, oh, now I'm talking to Flo, and like, we have all these Zoom calls. I'm like, oh, this is really nice. You're like, how much did I actually need need this? Yeah. Throughout my career now, oh, when I even talk to my white peers, they're like, "Oh, rash, you know, I never knew you felt like that." I'm like, "Damn, yeah, no one really asked," because you're like, because <laughs> advertising is so competitive and stressful. Everyone assumes you're just in this little rat rat race, right? You're just powering through. Yeah. But people of color have this extra burden of stress when it's like just trying to fit in. And try mm. not make people not know that you're of color, <laughs> almost in, in like in a weird way. Yeah, and to yeah. be honest, I feel like sometimes you don't even know yourself because you you're just kind of in it, and you don't necessarily know why you feel the way you feel, and and you know sometimes you might feel like shy or not not comfortable saying certain things, but you don't necessarily understand that that has something to do with you not feeling like you 100% fit in. Yeah, for me, it's it's a weird one where you, when you enter an environment that, you know, you are maybe not like the majority of other people, you try and, like, almost seem like you fit in, like, straight away, or, like, you try and do it seamlessly without anyone sort of realising that you're kind of struggling or you're trying to work on this. Mm. Um, and that's difficult because... You're just trying to do the best of your job whilst actually trying to acclimatise to a completely new environment. Um, it is it is a weird thing, to be honest, and I, I still, to this day, I don't think I've, I've ever fully got used to it or know how mm. I am able to fit in. Um, a lot of the time, what I do is I just um, observe and internalise, but then, again, that can be weird because then you're just the guy who's just not saying anything and then it's just like, well, you know, I'm just trying to sort of understand um, how this shit works, really. So, mm. yeah. I like that because I feel like what we're talking about is um, how how we felt as people of colour, as people of colour, uh, in the workplace. And I can see your internalising thing, but with me, it was... Um, death for me just being fake as hell. Me a hundred, like, like super fake. fake as hell. I was, like, I was so fake. 
Alex is being someone who wasn't rash for so so long that it I wasn't rash for so long I became rash by making a new rash. You know, like <laughs> I was like I, I I persuaded myself that I was the person who I was. Okay, so who I was faking. So what yes. was what was that version? It was just a version that made everyone comfortable in the room. If it was mm. like the way I mm-hmm. talked or what I found funny or what I found intriguing. Like, I just played to the room. Like, okay, mm-hmm. they, they found that funny. Okay, cool, cool. I'm going to use that one. Yeah. That one was too far. All right, we don't do that here. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Like, it used to be like, like you're like, okay, yeah. I can't do this. But I normally say that around my friends. Mm. But I'm not allowed to say that in this environment. And I'm like, I never thought it was a race thing. But race and culture go hand in hand. So, of course, it's a race thing. That yeah. is so interesting. Also, I mean, you obviously know me. And, like... I, I do that a lot with laughing and like, you know, being being the smiley and cheery one in in, you know, on in a meeting or um, yeah, I, I think I think part of that is also me trying to make people comfortable immediately um, to get to kind of a, a common ground, I guess. That's very interesting. Yeah, I feel like even myself, like we've all been there where, yeah, we just try to make everyone comfortable with our presence so mm-hmm. that we're not so much of a focus. Do you know what I mean? Our mm-hmm. difference um, isn't so much of a focus. Because me personally, anyway, take away my race, I'm not really... I'm, I, <laughs> unfortunately, I hate standing out and I hate being, like, the centre of attention. But then, you know, being, like, uh, you know, six foot plus... I was going to say, for everybody big, that does not <laughs> built see black guy Jonathan... <laughs> <laughs> with a deep voice, it's kind of it's kind of difficult. Um, it's impossible not to stand out. Yeah, so, yeah, that's kind of... And it's so weird because I felt like my appearance and like all of the outside stuff has kind of forced me to be a, a certain type of way, mm. if you know what I mean. Where now it's natural, but I guess when I was a kid, you know, I was completely innocent and I guess I hated having to force a certain type of personality or a- attitude. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a really interesting um, thing. But what I was going to ask you, Rash, was um. Like, you said you were fake, but, like, when you went home, did you feel a type of way, or was it just, did it continue throughout, like, even after um, after work hours and stuff? Like? I feel like around my friends, they'd notice something different and be like, you've changed. Or, like, and that's not nice, because that's your, that's your family, that's your boys. Yeah. So it's like hearing your good friends go, you've changed, you're like, damn, have I? <laughs> but then you'd look at them like, nah, you guys are the problem. You guys don't understand. Yeah. Like I'm up here, like escalating. I'm like, I'm powerful, guys. Be supportive. We're getting left behind. But I was like, I was leaving behind something way better than what I was gaining. You know, mm. uh, and I think I only noticed that while in lockdown. Why do you think that is? Like, what what were you leaving behind? I don't know. I was just leaving behind my me, my you. normal way of acting. Mm. You know, and and that is all surrounded by what I was raised around people yeah. of color so you know it's weird that i felt the need to drop almost a pigment you know <laughs> to stand to like fit in yeah no one around me and this is white privilege i find this no one around me tried to make me feel comfortable or like yeah. if you're the only one in the room bruh help me out and i think naturally as well like naturally within our cultures you're taught that for the professional working environment like the things that you may do naturally isn't good enough for the the working environment. And 
we're taught that our sort of differences are a negative thing, which it obviously is mm. isn't right and it's not true, especially in the industry that we work in, which is advertising, where we have to understand loads of different people, not just one type of person. Like it's it's really a shame that, you know, subconsciously and it's probably from, from birth, like from the education system we're taught that certain cultural attitudes are wrong and others are right when in reality there's no wrong or right there's just like where does your morality lie on the scale really in no one's fault i think ignorance is bliss no one notices things like that around them especially when you work in such a fast-paced environment 100 percent. and what we don't realize as well is it's a cycle that continues so you know when let's say we're, we're working in an environment that's not so diverse then when we enter that environment we hide ourselves which is the the different quote-unquote different part of ourselves we we hide from the rest of the circle so then obviously the circle aren't going to know any better because we've almost hidden part of our identity so they'll never get to properly know it um and then yeah i guess the cycle of ignorance sort of continues and then we start to internalize our own like the hatred for our differences almost you know what i mean we Mm. start to we start to really believe oh yeah the way i speak is wrong or you know the way i walk is wrong or the music i like is wrong or you know the things i watch um and listen to or the people i hang around are the wrong type of people to hang around yeah who do you think is responsible to make sure that doesn't happen is it is it a person of color is it the mass around them what do you guys think? I think ultimately it's going to sound mad, but it's ourselves. Like, because no one's going to, no one can change you ultimately. Only you can change yourself. Like, that's what I've learned over time like, in life. Like, we can moan about, oh, this person doesn't like me. This person doesn't love me. This person's not doing this for me. The only person that can change is ourselves. And then hopefully when we change ourselves, whether it be through, physically mentally whatever um that the people around us start to change because sometimes we don't realize that the energy we reflect reflects back um and so yeah i've just i've just come to realize like accountability is a massive thing and it's really hard especially for like as a black person or, or for people of color accountability can be a difficult thing because we know that unfortunately we are victims of you know, racism and um, systematic racism. But despite that, we still have to look forward and realise that we're still accountable for ourselves and what we do um, and what we achieve. Because, you know, let's say if I lose my job, mm-hmm. like, what good is it? What good is me saying, oh, yeah, um, these people didn't help me that much? Or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can blame whoever I want, but it's not going to change the fact that I've lost my job. Yeah, I, I see you. But like in, in a working professional sense, yeah. shouldn't there be things in place? I feel like there should be things in place. Flo, what do you think? Yeah, I was I was actually I was thinking about the first time that I that I started working at an agency, at an advertising agency. And I, I so well remember the feeling of, because um, it was a very fancy building and I've never been in a fancy building like this before. And I came in and the first thing that happened was um, 
like the IT guy gave me a, a laptop and I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. what is this place? And I was like, this, I, I, I shouldn't be here. Like, this feels so wrong for me to be here because I felt, I just felt so out of place. And I remember the first week or so I didn't speak like I only spoke when spoken to my my voice was shaking and I just felt so out of place and like yes that was an internal thing 100% but I had some I had an amazing team that was kind of looking after me and and was kind of including me in conversation letting me listen in and just really treated me like they they valued my opinion even if it was just kind of a sentence or a word that I would say and they would kind of always encourage um, for me to speak and then eventually I became really confident and I became a, a big part of that agency and um, kind of the agency culture um, and that was only because I felt welcome or I started feeling comfortable so mm. I, I feel like it's a little bit of both like yes it's it's an internal process for sure but it's also like like Rash says there needs to be something in place to make people feel welcome and to make people feel like it's it's a good thing that they're there because yeah. I didn't know how to how to even start that process for myself. Yeah, well, yeah, what I would say, sorry, is that like, I guess my point of view comes from the fact of like, <laughs> sadly enough, who I am and what I look like. So, being you know the tall, imposing, um, some would say imitating black guy, like I've never had really had the luxury of people just openly welcoming me with open arms in that sort of environment where mm. um like it, it would more be a thing where I'd have to put myself in place to have my voice heard rather than people just being like oh John yeah come over here like we want you to speak and we want you we want to hear all about you like for them it was more like well, we don't know who this guy is. He may be a bit intimidating. So naturally, they're not going to come up to me um, because they've probably already made their preconceived notions. So yeah. in my head, it's like, well, I'm not going to leave it up to them to to just form their own opinion of me. I'm going to actually put myself out there and then have them make their opinion rather than them just seeing somebody who hasn't said a word to you and they've already made up their, their mind about, oh, you know, he might be aggressive or mm. he might be dangerous or he might be rude or he might be unfriendly. When in reality, <laughs> I've had it multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah. I'm either shy, um, I'm introvert, or when you get to know me, I'm the complete opposite of the things that I mentioned before. Yeah. But, you know, mm. and, and that, that has been said to me before, you know, like, oh, I didn't know you were going to be like this. And, you know, funnily enough, when you get down to the why, it's because, unfortunately, I'm a tall black guy, dark-skinned black guy who, you know, is, is big as well. So yeah, it's it's sad, and, and I, I definitely, I completely agree with you and Rash on the, on the thing of it, it sort of takes two, and you have to have, like, someone be receptive to you. But I mm. guess just in my, just growing up of life yeah. yeah my experience i've i've almost never really had that luxury of mm. people being open to me of just like oh like how are you like how are things going without them sort of already knowing me yeah already or me getting some sort of cosign from somebody that they already know yeah i think that's a really good point and and that makes so much sense because like even just that 
and I mean, it's sad that you even have to say, you know, it might be intimidating to someone, but it is like that is a reality. Like people might feel intimidated, or just by the but by, by the pure fact that you're, a like a tall black guy. Like people don't assume that you might be shy, or people don't assume that you might be, you know, mm-hmm. intimidated by your environment. Like it's it's so strange. Yeah, it's so weird. I feel like I feel like I can say I'm quite sociable, but naturally I'm an introvert. So the sociable side to me has almost been forced because I know that if I don't say anything, then no one's gonna say anything to me. So why don't I just put <laughs> why don't I put on a smile and like lighten up the mood in the room sort of thing yeah but again that's just i respect your experience and what you've gone through but it makes me very sad the way you explain that because it feels like you've had to think about so many things and i promise you your white counterparts didn't do not overthink like that do not have to think about all those components as well as being a nice person a normal person right and like (laughs) great a job you have to think about all those other things which is ridiculous you know you know, those biases have to be faced with some, like, brutal truths when it comes to being more open to people of colour, making them feel more welcome, and not having an environment where you're like, okay, these conversations are going to be awkward. Yeah. You know? And it's easier now, obviously, because of the pandemic and people realising race is an issue. Mm. <laughs> you know, people are just realising that recently. So it's better now, but it's been happening for years. How, how, but how do you do it? Because, I mean, and um, obviously, you know, me having moved to London, like, only two years ago, I, you know, I said some of these things, and I, you know, I did some of these things, just because I, you know, like, adjusting to a way of being is, it takes some time, and it takes some, it takes some learning, and it takes some kind of interacting with with a certain culture in order to understand what's okay and what isn't and i think it's quite hard sometimes especially if you haven't before i think you just need to go into conversations uh with no expectations like zero expectations Mm. and unfortunately what happens is a lot that people go into conversations with people of color with just these these random assumptions like (laughs) that like are very like stereotypical um and what happens is there may even just be a small inkling of an assumption and then what happens is the person of color probably like closes off completely yeah like you immediately categorize categorize that person and you're like oh okay i I know how you see Mm. me now so then they probably close off from showing you the real authentic them in a way Um, because yeah like if you just walk up to someone and talk about rap music, but you haven't really asked about my name, <laughs> or like, you don't know, I could be like a a classical pianist, or like, you know, yeah. into the cello and the violin, but you just talked about yeah. rap, just out of nowhere, like, that's just going to get your back up, because you wouldn't do that to, you know, someone else, you know what I mean, so. What are some of the, what are some of the assumptions that you felt people made about you, you two? Ooh. Go on, uh, mine's probably obviously music. I feel like every black person in the world gets also, that. Also, the funniest <laughs> thing is when like a white person, I don't I hope it's not. This is a come across as offensive. When Noah's <laughs> song "I Didn't Know" cut came out, and Rash, you must have heard it too. I'm like, we don't get sent songs. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like. We get the songs the same time as you. 
<laughs> I did not hear that Skepta song yet, but I will be sure to listen to it when I get home. <laughs> with the rest of my songs I'm ready to listen to Jonathan what, what assumptions do you get yeah man I, I don't know I'm just thinking now that's a difficult one you know um, obviously there's just loads of stereotypical ones but I, don't, I like to think of myself as quite an intelligent person but no one would ever no one has ever assumed that about me ever do you know what I mean mm. um, okay. but I mean that's I don't know, it sounds like I'm up my own ass there. <laughs> but <laughs> no one thinks I'm, I'm really clever. No one thinks guys. I'm smart. No one thinks I'm Einstein. What the hell, man? <laughs> um, no, nah, I'm just trying to think, you know. I think it's... Oh, my God, Flo, that was a good question. Yeah. I know there's been a ton of shit. That's what I'm saying. But I just... Mm. When someone asks you, you're just like, I can't remember. Right, I'm quite a short person mm-hmm. and I dress like a nerd. Mm-hmm. When I'm out and about or I'm in a shop and someone follows me, I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I'm the nerdiest looking black guy and you're really following me. <laughs> and I'm just like, I could not look any tamer. Uh, and it's just so irritating. You're just like, and it's not about like, oh, they're just following everyone. No, they're not. Yeah, they're just no. really not following anyone, guys. What's the biggest surprise when you came here? Um, just how diverse it is and how everybody manages to, yeah, live, live in such a diverse place together. Like I've I've just never I've just never seen so many people from so many different places with so many different stories coexist. I've I've just never seen it, and yeah, there's a lot of work to be done, but it's it's yeah I've just never seen anything like it. That's that's yeah. interesting. Like so, obviously you're from Germany. Like what was it like where you were growing up then? Like as a person of color, where there wasn't much you know cultural variety. I mean, growing up from my biggest challenge was proving that I am one of, you know, like one of the group that I was in. Okay. So it wasn't it. I feel like the challenge was a completely different one because I was constantly trying to be as German as possible. You know, like being on time, recycling. <laughs> <laughs> and recycling. I love it. I love it. There's a reason that I'm very much into sustainability. It's like a very German thing to do. Um, And I think a lot of things about me are very, very German because I very intentionally try to be that. And I actually, I think I try to stay or steer away from a lot of my, I guess, African side because because it it just didn't feel like that would make me fit in anymore. And then coming to London, where everybody's like, oh, where are you from? And they mean your origin. That that was a completely new thing to me, because for the first time, where are you from actually was a question that I enjoyed answering, because yeah. usually in Germany, everybody would be like, where are you from? And I would be like, I am from here. Can you can you not see? That's can you not mad. hear that I'm actually speaking the same language as you? Yeah. And, you know, I'm just like you. But but in London, I can I can be like I'm German and people are like oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> you felt like uh, you had to overcompensate with your Germanness 100%. basically to yeah. to fit in. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Constantly, constantly trying to yeah, oh yeah, overstate that I am German <laughs> and completely ignore you know the my Ghanaian side because that was that that just wouldn't have helped in in the context. I was gonna say. Maybe it's for another episode, but I love the topic of um, where are you really from? Yeah, mm. for sure. I, I, it was the most disrespectful thing for me because it just felt yeah. like 
it was someone's way of saying you don't belong. you're not from here yeah. yeah and i'm just like bro man i've been here since a baby yeah. so it, it, it's very it's a it's something that matters a lot to me as as a as a well big form of racism i always took it as racist some would only say it if they're trying to talk down on you be like calm down mate my ancestors were on these brick lanes i'm like okay lad <laughs> i do not care but maybe that's for that's for that's for that's for another day for sure that's for sure day. but 100 yeah i love that topic as well and it's 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 so nuanced and so layered and also you know goes back to be, being in the workplace as well because we're facing the same issue like being people of color indirect man because when I could make a list of indirect racism, that's top. <laughs> like mm. the sly jabs, yeah, uh, uh, not belonging and not being equals, all those kind of indirects, those oh small microaggressions, that's yeah, the, like, hurtful as hell. Because them yeah. mofos be building <laughs> into be building. massive aggressions. Yeah, it's mad because you know sometimes the crazy thing is. Um, so some of my memories, like, some of them, then I wouldn't even say they're, like, even microaggressions or slight jabs, but it's just, like, it's just so clear that we're in two different worlds and I am literally, like, um, the minority. So, like, I remember mm. one place I was working, uh, I think there was just, like, a group of us, maybe, like, four or five of us, and they were all talking about, you know... Um, owning homes in like different parts of the country or the world and I just I could not participate in this conversation it was just so awkward I was just like literally just sitting at the table just like <laughs> in silence just like okay mm. cool like this this is nice yeah maybe one day I'll get there but like that's the thing like and I could tell from the interaction there was no sort of acknowledgement that like, oh, Jonathan like, is literally silent and he's not saying a word or he can't really get involved in this conversation. There was no acknowledgement of that. Um, yeah, and I just thought that was interesting. Would you have preferred, though, if that conversation didn't happen because you were there? No, not at all, but I think there's a way to involve everyone in the conversation yeah Mm. and i feel like there was no like zero acknowledgement of like there's literally only one person who hasn't said a word and we've been going on for about 20 minutes do you know what Mm. i mean and there's this thing where it's like you either get involved jonathan (laughs) or you stay silent because we're not (laughs) we're not helping you and i also see the second you said that flow i I was going to be more 100 percent like nah should probably dead the convo or start something new but i do see your point too I'm not saying you're making a point flow but there's a part of me who's like i don't want people changing for sure yeah but at the same time when 100 percent of our conversations in that six-man group i can't participate in god bless just kill. <laughs> it's like what is what's happening guys it shouldn't be you as the one person the literal minority no pun intended right to like fit in and just yeah. like break and bend especially when you're probably younger in that group a lot of the time 100 percent. i think it's also yeah i also want to acknowledge the fact that i was young i was definitely the youngest in that group and i was the newest i was basically new at the time as well so it was all a bit over overwhelming there's a thing about um 
I think Flo, you said this a while ago. Maybe I'm just gassing you, but talking about um retention. This is a big part of retention why people of color don't last in workplaces. They don't feel at home. Yeah. They're like, damn. When you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough, it's because of small interactions like that. You know, it's not only about the workload. It's about the job itself. It's many components. It needs to be considered, and I just don't have an answer yet mm. about like, oh, how do you work around it, then, Rash? How do you make sure that they feel people of color feel welcome and warmth? I really don't know. Act yeah. like normal people. <laughs> like have some kind of emotional intelligence. I think with with conversations like that, or including people in conversations, I think it's very important to distinguish. It's not, it's not the fact that the conversation is about something that isn't familiar to, to the new person, because that's fine. You know, because everybody wants to learn new things and everybody wants to expose to new conversations and expose to new people. Like that's that's fine. I think it's just when it feels exclusionary because. You're not actually, you know, I can tell you about something that I have or something that I'm doing and including you in a conversation, explaining things a little more, um, like figuring out whether we have something in common or, you know, inviting your questions or or I could just talk assuming that you know something. I think it's, it's kind of the same thing when you start in advertising in general and people just throw random like abbreviations <laughs> oh at you and you're God. like what the fuck does this mean <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it takes you a while to kind of understand what you know just what certain terms mean and i think it's very similar to any conversation that you you might not have been privy to before it's just very important to be mindful of that like s- some people might not have ever had that conversation invite them in Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks so much for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. And obviously, we welcome all the feedback as well. So please don't hesitate to get us on familiarfaces at motherlondon.com on the email. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us that five-star review. We really need it. (laughs) We don't need it, but we would like it. We would like it. We're desperate. Wow. I'm not desperate. Those two are. (laughs) (laughs) I am definitely not desperate. However, if you're listening right now, you know it's been a cold lockdown. Wow. Now that is crazy. I'm, hey, firstly, if, hey, when this pops up, I'm using that to my advantage. Come on, man. Come on, man. You crazy. You crazy. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah. No, sure. but, uh, okay, yeah. We'll cool. see you guys. We'll see you guys next time. And tune in for the next episode, please. Yeah. You never had to brand new, yeah. And you always stay true, yeah, yeah, yeah. You never acting brand new, yeah. Stick by me, I'll stick by you. I'll stick by you, yeah, yeah. Stick by me, I'll stick by you. Stick by you. Stick by me, I'll stick by you.